Like many of us, Kean Dalton walks into the office each morning and sits in front of a keyboard and screen, taking calls, writing reports and going for the odd cup of tea or coffee. But in order to really feel in his element, Kean boxes, professionally, and that requires discipline, resilience and self-belief. Before we talked, and in order to understand him better, I decided to spar with Kean. I then decided that was a terrible idea and that I'd understand him perfectly well by just talking to him. Round one. Some quick-fire stats about Kean. What year did you turn pro? 2013. What weight category were you? Super middleweight. How many professional fights? Five. How many wins, draws and losses? Four wins, one draw, no losses. And the wins, were they by KO, TKO or on points? Uh, two, no- two knockouts, two points. Are you left-handed or right-handed? Right-handed. Orthodox or southpaw? Orthodox. What's your boxing style? It's a boxer puncher. What's your best moment in the ring? The debut and also some of the sparring in California. What's your worst moment being in the ring? Maybe in my second profile, I was um, very drained and I was really feeling it. What's your best punch? Yeah, right hand. Who's your boxing hero? Sugar Ray Robinson. What's the best fight you've ever watched, either in person or on telly? Ward Gotti won. Uh, Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti, they fought three times. The first one was was a great fight. Round two, how Kean got started in boxing. Where and when did you throw your first punches? On the streets of Cork, probably 20 years ago. And can you tell me a little bit about how you came to be throwing punches on the streets of Cork? Just being a young lad, getting in trouble, being in the wrong place at the wrong time and uh, answering back. When you were getting in those in those first fights, did you realise that you were good? Don't think I really thought about it that much at the time. It's just a fight like any other kid has, and uh, I guess it was later I started learning some skills. How did you get into learning the skills, as you say? What happened? Did you go to a, a club, or um, what was it? I got into boxing just by chance. It wasn't uh, not too much thought went into it. I was playing a lot of football. So soccer at the time and um, there was a brother on my team and a brother on my brother's team they were doing well and they were winning national championships and we just thought that we thought we could give it a go they didn't look that tough went to a gym that was really old school I think within a couple of days I was sparring and within a couple of weeks I was in the ring having a fight what did that feel like being in the ring having a fight for the the very first time yeah back then I mean I was so clueless I I didn't even have boxing boots. I was in there in my my runners, and uh, was so you know I was probably nervous, and I just remember throwing a couple of haymakers and get getting through it. And what was it like being hit for the first time? Honestly, don't remember. That was a good punch. Yeah, it was a good punch. Yeah. And uh, probably should remember, but no, I just you know I was so young. I was 11, 11 years old when I first started. Round three, the mindset of a fighter. Obviously, you've got to back yourself as a fighter to go sparring and to get into the ring for professional fights. Where's your natural confidence level? Do you need a lot of boosting or are you pretty confident about your own ability? I think I'm pretty pretty confident. I mean, when I went out to California, I went on my own, you know, without a coach and just went to gyms and sparred some really good people and held my own, you know. There was no one 
coaxing me along for that. That was definitely my own belief. But naturally, be uh, yeah, be more on the on the confidence side. You know, you might might as well be, especially in a sport like boxing. If uh, you always you have to be optimistic, definitely, you know, definitely. In what circumstances would you back down from a confrontation out of the ring, or would you back down at all? Out of the ring, I had someone threaten me with a needle in Amsterdam, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't get involved in that one. Not gonna be stupid in, in the street. Nah, it's not worth it. Man. So, in a lot of circumstances, I'd, I'd back down. When you were younger, did you enjoy confrontation? Definitely enjoyed, like enjoyed it on, when I was playing football. You know. Soccer. Yeah, I liked it in that way. Don't know about outside that. Nothing comes to mind. What are the mental and physical skills that you must have if you're going to even think about turning pro as a boxer? That's a good question. I mean, um, I think mentally you have to be a little bit resilient. You'll uh, come across more dirty tricks and... um, things aren't always going to go your way you know when there's money involved people will try a few things here and there and, and then in the actual fight you know it's definitely a little more blatant that you're um out to hurt you know it's not really a points system so you need to be, you need to have that kind of willingness to i suppose to go go a bit further and then um physically it's similar you do a little bit more rounds you know gloves are a little smaller and you don't have headgear i guess it's it's more mental it's definitely more, more mental yeah. Round four, the reactions of other people upon learning that Kian is a fighter. Do people behave differently around you after they've heard that you've been a pro boxer? Yeah, they, they do sometimes, yeah. But that's always been the way, I think, with boxing. Um, people have a notion about it. And they're not always, you know, they don't always know exactly what's involved. Some people love it. Some people aren't too into it, you know. I never really volunteer this unless someone's interested. Do men and women react differently to the fact, you know, on finding out that you've been a, a boxer? Is there any difference between the genders? On a Saturday night, the women seem to like it. But honestly, in general, no, it's um, pretty even. You know, obviously, yeah, a lot of guys lo- are more into it, I suppose. But um, some people think it's a little barbaric or, oh, my God fighting they seem to be men and women as noticed yeah they can be either are there ever any men who upon hearing that you've been a pro boxer are there are there men who view that as a threat or a challenge i used to get that all the time when i was younger back in cork and these places in ireland fighting on the streets was actually common when i was a teenager anyway and um people always wanted to build up their reputation you know boxers and the ladies. You got a load of guys, a lot of male fighters in the gym. You know, a, probably a smaller number of female fighters in the gym. You've got some young people there. You've got some beautiful bodies there. Is there any chemistry between the male fighters and female fighters? Oh, there can be. I mean, it'd be kept under wraps and in the gym. It's, uh, it wouldn't be a place for for that. But uh, yeah, definitely, things, things could spark off. There's a lot of sweat flowing and. <laughs> A lot of people <laughs> working hard, you know, so it's possible. It might, it might have happened. Has that ever happened in your experience? Possibly. No further comment. Round five. The fighters team in and out of the ring. 
who are the people that a pro fighter needs in in his on his team? A pro fighter needs a coach, definitely. He needs a manager. What does the manager do? The manager arranges all the fights, sells the tickets, maybe getting sponsorship if they can get that. Basically everything outside the ring. And, you know, the thing with, with boxing is at the top of the pyramid you're making huge money, but 99% of the boxers aren't making anything notable, really. How do you decide who you're going to fight? Well, that's mostly the manager that would um, be leading that. You always have, you always have a say. You know, at the end of the day, it's, you're getting in the ring. You're risking. You're you're taking risk, and it is your call at the end of the day. But, but the manager will have a strategy. You know, the idea is to try and learn something from every fight. So you know, not just experience-wise, but technically try and learn something. Like for example, you might you might want to fight a left-hander early, not leave it until later to fight your first first left-hander. And you want you want to give yourself a challenge. So it's a it's a bit of a kind of calculated. Not not a calculated risk judgment call as to as to who to to fight. Yeah, it's a calculated risk. Really, you know, you definitely at times you want to take more significant risks, and uh, you are calculating them. But of course, the other guy is calculating that risk too. So that's that's the thing. Who are the people who get a share of your purse? So I was very fortunate to go with my um, amateur team and. Um, they never took any money off me. But the thing is, I wasn't making much money, you know. So obviously when money did come in, we all understood that we paid them. And there was a few numbers thrown around, but percentage of what I was earning was peanuts. You know, these the guys are still working and stuff, so they could probably make it in a couple of hours. So, they're, yeah, they're doing it for the love of it. Exactly. And that's that's what you want. That's, that's great. One other person a fighter needs in his team is a cutsman. That's the man or woman who carries out running repairs on the cuts and swellings that happen during the fight. Cutsman, for me, was my manager as well. Mike, he doubled up, so that was kind of handy. We didn't have to bring... We didn't need another person. We had an, another person there sometimes, but it was just the three of us. But yeah, a good cutsman is very, very valuable. If you're in a fight and you get cut early on, the second or third round or something, and if the um, cut doesn't get closed, I mean, you're going to lose lose the the fight if if he manages to fix that it could, it could save you but um they, yeah they heal the cuts but they also wrap your hands usually you want a guy that's um calming you know he's he's one of the last guys you talk to before you go go in the ring he's he's uh wrapping your hands he's putting the va- vaseline on your face and you know you don't want some nervous you know guy who can just just fix a, a cut you know Can you tell me a bit again about your trainer? My trainer, Rich, Rich Goodwald. He's uh, old school, I'd say. He doesn't watch a lot of the modern day fights, actually. He, lo- he loves to watch. He knows everything about boxing before the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> he's old school. Like, like I say, he's not too flash. 
He's all about um, being very aware, seeing everything that's going on, not o- not overthinking, just actually just training repeatedly so that so that things happen. So once the bell goes, it's just you just try and let, let it come out. What sort of um, relationship did did you build up with him? I mean, it sounds like he was a guy that you trusted and that you could learn from. But wh- um, what was it about him that you that you responded to and that you liked? Yeah, him and and my manager Mike McSorley. I mean, I trust him. You know, I'd give them my my bank card. It's hard to say. I mean, when I remember when I walked into the gym, he wasn't the flashiest looking coach, but he has a very good boxing brain and he's uh, he sees everything. Being able to see the right things at the right time, not just know a few moves. He he can feel what's needed at that time. And then also, you know, just being able to communicate that, you know, not having like a big ego or just being able to want the best for the boxers and so he had he had all those things yeah i reckon you and him must have been pretty close can you tell me a little bit more about him outside of boxing well the funny thing is with rich i don't know him that well outside of boxing you know i've never been in his house he's never been in my house it took me a long time until i actually knew his last name i've gone out for a drink with him and stuff too and but in general he's he's all about the boxing that's just how it is it's pretty good like that too was he a fighter Oh yeah, Rich was a fighter. Yeah, I heard he was sparring Sugar um, Sugar Ray Robinson. I think I heard he fought Sugar Ray Leonard too. Yeah, I actually heard he won, but again, I don't really know. Do you think that training basically helps him stay involved in boxing when he can no longer fight at the highest level? Does he still get the buzz? Oh, I mean, Rich is on another level. Like he couldn't go a day without boxing. Like it's not just that he needs it helps him with the buzz. He, boxing is. I mean, he spends five hours a day in the gym you know absolutely loves it to compare him to a football or soccer coach you know you get some people who are more man managers rather than tactical and technical is he slightly more on the that man management side and motivational yeah he would be more um motivational so yeah he was great on that side of it but he was great on, on i mean yeah he was all around what were his methods for making you feel invincible i suppose as as much as possible i'd always kind of boost me up a little bit i'd be like ah oh, bit tired today and he'd be, he'd be like ah oh, you jet lag i'd be like jet lag that was about six days ago <laughs> but uh but after a while i just kind of went went with it you know and uh just kind of um i don't know very um very self-absorbed and you know? i was all about the bo- like how the boxer was doing and so he would just be encouraging yeah just basic stuff but but a lot of attention a lot of detail you know round five most boxing takes the form of practice fights or sparring and it can sometimes get a little tasty how do you decide who your sparring partner is going to be oftentimes based on the opponent like my last opponent was a southpaw so i I sparred a lot of southpaws for that meaning a a left-hander but um Depends what kind of gym you're in. For the last fight I was training in California and there was endless supplies of sparring partners so I could pick. But sometimes you might just spar who's readily available. and You know, it, it, it really depends. But ideally you have guys that are very similar to your opponent. Do the sparring partners get paid? They can get paid. It depends. It's usually in, you know, bigger money fights where there's a lot of budget and um, if you have a style that's very similar to someone's opponent then yeah you could 
you could get paid. Sometimes they want you to spar a certain way, which is very limiting for you. They want you to do this thing and that thing, and then, um, I mean, you're just getting beat up. You can get a fine situation too, where you're getting paid and just inspiring the best. See, so you're learning too, because you're in with the in with top guys. So, so yeah, so there is something in it for the um, sparring yeah. partner as well as maybe a wee bit of cash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sparring partners. Who does it? Everybody spars. Every boxer spars. It's the most important part of training. So sparring partner might sound like someone's just there there to make the numbers, but no, you could have. I mean, world class sparring partners too. What's the most intense sparring you've been involved in? Pittsburgh was, yeah, there was a lot of wars in, uh, in this, some of the gyms in Pittsburgh, really. Um, in California, they would heat up sometimes, you know, and they'd get, they would go pretty solid. But there were some ones in Pittsburgh where as soon as you got in the ring, it was... <laughs> Straight from the goal. Yeah. Leathering each other. Yeah. Which, by the way, is most boxing rings in the world you know it's only when you get up and experience this people uh start to get a bit craftier and so what in most rings around the world people are just a more experienced fighter would say wasting energy but leathering each other yeah that's not the point when you get better a beginner fighter gets in the ring and their worlds just turn upside down you know they're having a fight (laughs) it's mayhem you know they're not thinking about anything. They're just trying to. They're just trying to survive, you know. So, and then you have the other end of the spectrum is people like Andrew Ward just seeing everything, everything. So it's, it's a it's a scale of, of levels. It's a million levels. Can you tell me about Andre Ward and about sparring with him? Sparring with him was was great. I mean, he's the best out there. In my division, you know, in almost any division, he's at his peak. Yeah, I was a bit star- starstruck the first time. You know, it was kind of daunting, I suppose, but at the same time, something that you uh, appreciated. It was, uh, you know, not everyone gets that opportunity. Skill-wise, he's the, he's the, one of the best, or he's the best I've, I've sparred. I mean, he's, he's fast and fluid and tricky. What is it that marks him out as particularly good? He's operating on a different, another level, really. Like... He's seeing more than anybody else is seeing, and he's reacting. You know, before you just thought about something, and he's <laughs> he's already figured it out. You know, is he reading your body language? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, we were, it's probably a lot more obvious to him than we would think. You know, he's that experienced. Did you find it hard to land a punch on him? Oh yeah, de- definitely. Um, I did. You know, but, uh, he's hard to hit, but. At the same time, it's he's a, another man, you know, with two arms and two legs. And you, obviously, you can still land one or two. And I mean, he's going to be trying stuff out too, so you might get opportunities that way. And did he hit harder than most of the people you've sparred? He hit hard, but um, I've, I've sparred uh, harder hitters. What's the hardest you've ever been hit? Yeah, there was a spar in California there where I got. I got dropped pretty pretty solid, yeah. You know, I don't fully recall it, so that, that might have been it. Who were you sparring? Sparring a uh, Nicaraguan guy, I think, or a Latin guy, a big guy who was quite a bit heavier than me. And I was also out, out of training a little bit, so it was like the perfect storm. <laughs> 
Round six, the importance of training and preparation. Is the fight won during the training regime as much as in the ring? Yeah, more so. It's won more, more in the preparation than, than in the ring, I mean. What are the bits of preparation and training that you focus on in order to maximise your chances of winning? Well, I always want to be in shape. You know, like, you never want to run out of gas because there isn't really anywhere to hide. If you run out of gas and you've nothing left and your opponent sees that, I mean, he's, he's coming in for the kill even if he's even if he's on his last legs, you know? Can you describe a day's training for a fight? Maybe, I'm guessing the intensity ramps up as you get closer to the fight. Typically, I would run in the morning, somewhere between three and five miles, with some sprints and stuff, you know, mixed in a few hills and good, a good pace, that would be the morning. And then, like most fighters, I had to go to work all day in an office. And then, after work, I straight to the gym and in the gym there you do all you know everything you need to do um skipping you know jumping rope shadow boxing sparring if they're sparring that day uh, mitt pad work you know where the coaches holding it holding up the mitts uh bag everything you know push-ups pull-ups uh, squats burpees sorry what was that a burpee is like a push-up and a squat and a jump in one movement so it's a real full body exercise, that. Sounds a little tiring. <laughs> it does, yeah, it is tiring. See how many you can do in one minute. One. And see how you feel after that. Yeah. And then a lot, a lot of the training, though, because a round is, is three minutes and you have a minute break. So you don't necessarily want to be the fastest you know, marathon runner in the world or any kind of race runner. I mean, you want to be able to go really hard for three minutes and then again and again and again. So that's the kind of fitness that you're looking for in both conditioning and also you know you want to be strong until the last bell too is there an element of being in competition with yourself when you're training yeah yeah big a big element the main thing for me i would say really you know that was the main driver i suppose it all depends on the fighter i mean it could be some people could be motivated by the money or or the fame or um just the love of the game too but it was very challenging for me and uh, I got a lot of satisfaction from putting in the work and seeing myself progress. So yeah, yeah, definitely mostly about yourself, I'd say. And so that's, you know, that's, I guess, you're then looking at the times that you did the previous day or week, being able to measure that performance. And then I suppose then you, you'll get a little pissed off with yourself if you're not improving. You could do, you could do. Yeah, you do look at your times running and push-ups and stuff. You know, you're watching your... You can track things like that, but but the sparring is is huge too. The sparring, you're going in with other guys in other gyms and there isn't really a measurement that says how you're progressing, but you have a feeling for it and everybody else has has a feeling for it. So that's cool. So you know where you're at with with the sparring, really. Uh, So is that because then... Um, again, as the as the weeks of training go by, are you, are you noticing yourself getting sharper, hitting harder, and less out of breath? Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing to watch that kind of transformation. I mean, you're losing you're losing weight usually too, you know. So your your strength to weight ratio is going up. So like you can imagine with things like pull ups and stuff, you know, you're coming, you're starting off training for each fight. You, 
depends on the fighter but you're overweight that's that's for sure some people could be 30 pounds over some people could be 10 but things like pull-ups i mean as you start getting fitter and eating right and yeah you can just feel yourself getting stronger while well, you're getting lighter you're running faster and especially in the sparring your, your arms are moving better and is that then important for your pre-fight confidence yeah it's huge huge i think it's um you know it's good to be it's good to have a positive mindset and be thinking the right way but if you haven't put the work in the preparation it's not really going to be worth much if you have put the preparation and then you can can really you know can uh look your opponent and you know you look your opponent in the eye before the bell goes and if you haven't done the work he's probably gonna <laughs> he's gonna smell it you know Final round, fans and supporters. On the YouTube documentary, you know, you've got a, a big bus or buses of fans coming in uh, to watch your fights. Can you tell me a wee bit about the, the fans? Yeah, um, I mean, the fans were unbelievable. Again, just says a lot about Pittsburgh and, and the people there. They were all around just, just great, great to me, you know, in the gym, out of the gym. So they were just, I mean, they got on board. You know, before I was boxing, I was playing Gaelic football with the local team. So they all they all came along and, yeah, the kind of word just spread and it started to be the thing to do, you know, to go to the, go to the fights and have a good night, good good time after. So, so yeah, I'm just very, very grateful for that. You know, that, that was, kept me going and, uh, you know, meant, meant a lot. And um, are they? Because it seemed like it was uh, Irish folk. A lot of them were Irish, or maybe Irish American. A lot of them. Some Irish, some Ir- Irish American. Mo- mo- mostly, you know, but all kinds. After a while. And it looks like there would be a few sore heads the day after the fight. Oh, definitely. Yeah. A few, few lost bags and <laughs> keys, and a guy went to jail after the first fight. <laughs> I won't say his name actually, but um, there was a there was a scrap in the bar and. Uh, he ended up saying something that got misinterpreted, but yeah, I mean, those are the kind of things. That <laughs> a few windows got broken accidentally, I must say. Yeah. But yeah, things like that. These things happen. Yeah. Hey!